This is Season 1, Episode 4 of Toddler Talks. Thank you so much for tuning in, and this is the final episode of the first season. Today's special guest, we have Micah Green. He is um, a wonderful friend and was my eager pleader for a couple of seasons, along with his now wife, Heather. So today we're going to be talking about the entitlement versus actual leadership and the difference in the controversy they both contain. Hey, so my name is Micah, and I've been in Dee's life since 2019, I believe it was back in, I think it was like, what is that, December, January? No, of? it was the spring. Really? It was the spring of <laughs> 2019? Wow. So that's amazing. So, yeah, I've been involved in her life in a variety of different capacities for me ear to listen or a cup for her tea when she spills the tea <laughs> um uh yeah so been a great been very supportive thrilled to be on this podcast thanks steve for the opportunity for having me on here uh, a little bit about me i am uh, uh been in lynchburg since 2013 off and on with being a student getting my degree at liberty and then uh, working for liberty uh, since may of 2018 and still uh, here, just in a different role, but love and the privilege to talk with different resident students and uh, get them to be part of what God is doing here on this uh, student body. I am uh, joined with me by my uh, wife of like, what was that, five, six months tomorrow? Uh, yeah, about five months uh, tomorrow, where we celebrate uh, 10 months of five months of being married. I mean, hey, <laughs> five months. months. Yeah, I mean, hey, that'd be cool. We'll get there one day, but yeah. Five months of being married. I mean, some folks listening are like, that's nothing. It's like, well, you haven't put in real hard work for anything. So we that's something to us. So uh, yeah, that's uh, who we are. And if you hear a little squeak in the background, that's the peanut gallery. We, uh, Heather has a parakeet. His name is his name is Skittles. He's amazing. He's a really good bird. He's very smart, actually. But uh, this is a podcast about leadership and not about parakeets. So. All right. So how long have you done leadership at Elevation Church itself? So I started attending, well, being part of Elevation, and my first Sunday was in May of 2014. I've been serving since 2016. I've held a coat rack of different roles over the past five, soon to be six years, from being a team leader, coordinator, etc. I've had opportunities to build a team from scratch into a fully functioning team with uh, onboarding in individuals, which are like people who help onboard new volunteers who come in from... Uh, learning about the church, and now they're wanting to get plugged into a team. That person is introduced to, introduces them to the team, goes over functions, so basically help orient, orienteer them to the role and things like as opposed to just throwing them in, because they don't like to be thrown into places. Uh, and then, of course, uh, a couple others here and there for the other campuses as well. But uh, kind of go back, hate to pick apart your question, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, for me, Though leadership is not much about what we are doing or what we've done, but who we are being and who we have become. So narrowing that down a little bit more for all of us, it's not just more about what we do for Jesus, but becoming like Jesus. That's good. Yeah. Uh, the good shepherd epitomizes the meeting of a servant leader. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the scriptures are so full of references. Uh, take Psalm 23 at its meeting of what, how he makes me lie down in green pastures. He guides me beside quiet waters, but I mean, there are some even forceful, forceful analogies of what the good shepherd does. Um, he, that's what he is. He's a good shepherd. 
he is good. I mean, when we talk about God or we sing, look, we don't boast or sing songs about his shepherdness. Like, name a song about the shepherdness of God. I mean, like, we don't sing it. You're a shepherd, shepherd, shepherd. He's a good father. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't sing songs about his shepherdness, but we sing songs about his goodness. That's who God is. He is he's good, and uh, that plays a lot into uh, like the person of types of leader we want to be. So mm-hmm. I know I know it broke apart that a little bit too much, but I guess that's going to be my habit going into this time together. <laughs> All right. The second question I have for you is. To introduce, you know, yourself and the leadership aspect, your highs and lows of leadership. Why did you ask me this? That's that's like opening a can of worms, if you will. So as a volunteer, as my most of my roles were as a, I was a volunteer leader. So so as a volunteer, you're asked for a lot more than what's normally expected of a typical volunteer. Uh, that can wear people and leaders down, thinking that's all their calling is, like just tasks, menial things. But um, just because something is menial doesn't mean it's less meaningful. The What's helped me through those times is like seeing my tasks not as obligations, but as opportunities. Mm-hmm. This ministry folks, for ministry folks or any particular person serving God in any capacity, it's uh, easy for us to get mixed up in the menial tasks, but it's important to re- that we are to be reminded that we are preparing the way of the Lord. We're not the way of the Lord. Anything that we do or anything that we lay down, um, that's just our way of preparing the way for the one who comes. Uh, the new reign, a new heaven on earth, if you will. Um, it's important because the world we now live in, it's not exactly the promised land, except uh, maybe Chick-fil-A, maybe in Qdoba, and maybe five guys. So... Oh wait! You can't have Chick Fil A. You can't have two. <laughs> you can't have two of those three because you're uh, you're allergic to nut jobs. Excuse me. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, nuts. Nuts. Um, in case my people do not know, I have allergies to walnuts, almonds, and peanuts. So unfortunately, I can't have Pop Guys and Chick Fil A. And I'm also allergic to sesame. Highly allergic, so I can't even have um, the wonderful sesame seeds. Yes, yeah, so we're going to go ahead and take time and bow our heads in this moment. So if you're in this in this place in this season where you just feel like you want to contribute to D's Allergy Foundation, Venmo me. <laughs> Not really. Don't really Venmo me, though. All right, Skittles thinks that's really funny. He'll Skittles is manning the phone line, so if you want to go ahead and cash app me or Venmo me, whichever. But, um, it's hard. It's hard to eat places that, you know, I've been so used to, like, I supposedly can't have Taco Bell because of my corn allergies, yet you see me door-dashing Taco Bell. Yeah, that's true, though. I mean, that's, uh, that's a real thing. I can't have pineapples. Uh, <laughs> pineapples on pizza is a strict no for me. I can't have it. Is it is a no in general. Yeah, amen. It's a no in general. I mean, for me, I just get a really fuzzy tongue, and I, it's one of the scariest feelings I had. And I get an irritated throat, especially when it comes to allergies. So... Pineapple on pizza, no, like, health-wise, it's a no. No nuts. Yeah, yeah, you took your first sip ever of eggnog tonight, and um, yes, if there's any nuts in it. I'm like, nutmeg is in there. Is that considered a nut? Is Apparently, nutmeg considered a nut? That's, that's a really good question. Yeah, put it down in the chat. Uh, <laughs> put that in the chat. If you feel nutmeg is a, a nut, it's, I don't know. My wife says it's a seasoning of sorts, so that's fine, though. But, but yeah, 
bottom line is the the world we're living on it's not it's not the promised land it's definitely not the workplace we were supposed to stay in forever but it's the preparation land instead of the promised land almost because no matter where we go no matter what we're walking into um it's we're in place of preparation philippians 1 6 that he who began the good work in you yes come on skittles you preach that you preach that um we'll bring it all to completion so i mean everything we do just because our christmas list isn't complete for the procrastinators out there just because our marriage isn't complete or we don't feel complete, then we're always going to be in that place of completion. Now, for those of you who are thirsty, maybe looking for that significant other, you know, we got Valentine's Day coming up soon. We got bay watching seasoning, season happening. Bay watching seasoning. <laughs> I don't want to get into that. Must um, be nice. <laughs> <laughs> we got bay watching season happening for those people out there. Yeah, your 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 boyfriend. Your girlfriend, your fiance, your spouse, they will not complete you. That is Jesus' job to complete Come on, you. Somebody. Anyone who thinks they will be fulfilled by that significant other, you are setting yourself and your significant other up for failure. I mean, you don't put them on a pedestal and you do that, you set up a lot of failures. But D, I know you're gonna talk about that later on, so I won't get into that too much though. I'll I'll close this by adding on serving people is exhausting. It is. It is. Yeah, it, I mean we're called to love people. That's why, I mean, we're called to love people. We're called to serve people. And I'll add, ministry isn't for the people pleasing. Guess who's a people pleaser? Your boy here. And your, your boy is a people pleaser. And, but, at the, but think about that. The, I hate that. I hate that. I'm a people pleaser. Don't worry. I'm getting help. Um, Jesus is the only one who won't just please but replenish with his grace and goodness over our lives. Mm -hmm. That's the miracle of this. Thank you, Skittles. What is something you do to recharge? Next is the highs. So there is so much excitement with being part of a body of believers. I, I don't care what organization that may be. It may be somewhere local or maybe somewhere that's not as local, though. But just being part of a body of believers that doesn't just have a local impact, but like more of a kingdom impact that... Uh, does work all over the world. So part of the eFam listening in on this, then shout out to you. You're awesome. Hey, people. But uh, what's up? I said, hey, peoples of the eFam world. Yes, peoples of the eFam world. Um, uh, now, what else is there? I'm sorry. I made just some notes to talk about here with regards to this. But um, sorry about that if you heard the bird. Um, he tried to get on my finger, but... Uh, He's, uh, he's a good bird. He's a good bird. He really is a good bird. He's just people shy, which is totally okay. But um, when it comes to highs, uh, um, it's just part of like being part of the kingdom of God that's really the miracle in itself. Um, but having the local impact, to me, it's like not just being part of a body that has the local impact, but kingdom impact all over the world. It's, it's not us as leaders that make it happen. Um, it's not just a lot. It's not just like leaders or people that you'll normally see making it happen, but it is the people who are in the trenches. So I think what's really important in the context of leadership is that gratitude is never silent. It never should be silent. And when you are, I mean, like people will say, we thank our leaders so much, but I think what goes even further is when the leaders continue to show appreciation, gratitude, and thanks to the people that they serve with. Um, like 
they're doing all the heavy lifting and then the church is doing most of the work. They're the ones calling people after they've come to church. They're the ones who are leading small groups. Like a small team alone can't accomplish a task like in itself. So major shout out to your volunteers. If you're part of a local church or nonprofit organization, just volunteering your time, whether it's something local, such as a uh, Habitat for Humanity, or if you're part of the local church, building the church, like whether you're serving in kids, guests, production, worship, whatever that may be, or even if you just hold being like a door holder wherever you're at, just shout out to you. You are literally making the difference. People may not see you, but we do. Leaders do see you, and it 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 goes really far. You help literally cause the church doors to open up every single day. You may not realize it, but you actually you actually do. And gratitude with it never being silent. That's just part of our cult church culture that we grew up that we were raised in partially. It goes way beyond than just a simple thank you. Uh, gratitude is shown by how you serve people. Service with a smile isn't just something that we hear at a restaurant or at the Crappy O Mondays, if you will. You know the Crappy O Mondays? No. And you guys grew up on SpongeBob. I'm going to have to pray for you guys. Um, that's, that's not good. <laughs> it's funny, though. But it goes deeper with that. A thankful heart is a happy heart. I'm thinking of the spirit of Veggie Tales. Um, in, in my, my mind with that. A thankful heart truly is a happy heart. A spirit of thankfulness shouldn't just be around the table with turkey and great sides, but every day when we have nothing. Gratitude shouldn't be based on our circumstances, but on the goodness of our God. So uh, another high is not just seeing people come to know Jesus. That's amazing. But I think what's even cool, even but what's cool as well with being a leader, is seeing people on your team realize that God is working and using them. They open up to the reality that Jesus can and will use them to advance his kingdom. And once they open up to this promise, it will release potential into them, in them, excuse me, realizing God is not done and God does work. To me, and that's one of the biggest highs out there with watching people. I remember like watching you even, D, like step into serving on a welcome team. And uh, you were so timid and you were so shy at first. But the minute you, minute you got to walk someone in, you and connect with them afterwards, you, you went like right into gung-ho, zero to <laughs> 700 miles per hour in a matter of seconds. And you prayed yeah. for them, you connected with them. Those, those were fast-paced yeah. times. You really dug into it. And it shows that was something that mattered to you. And eventually... Um, before we shut down for the pandemic, you really stepped up with actually helping new people on the team. And even we were starting to get right back mm -hmm. into the swing of things now with um, helping new people, because you had done this before. You built a church in this manner before. So it's really been encouraging to see you step up in this. So in a way, you've been leading people as well. So major shout out to you for that. And uh, for me, even as a leader, watching you grow since, like, I remember that for that, that time we were at cookout late one night. Yeah. Um, it was, and... Uh, you're asking what it would be like to be, uh, to be, um, to like to be grown. I'm like, I don't know what it will take, D, but yes, well, I'll I'll help you grow, and I'm really excited to still see you you're in this. So it's really encouraging to me to see this, and you're still doing this. A public disclaimer: I would love to give a great shout out to EHQ for the coffee, especially Haley, who was there before <laughs> COVID became a thing. <laughs> Haley with her, you know. Her, I think she gave me like a mocha iced coffee. Yeah. I don't, I don't 
remember. Yeah. All I remember is that Haley was the reason why I went sprinted to check in at EHQ so that way I can get my cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, for those of you that don't that don't have a concept of what EHQ is, EHQ stands for Elevation Headquarters. It's where we, uh, it's where all volunteers get to go check in and they get to get a quick bite to eat because uh, when you're building the church, you're literally putting together um, pipe and drape. You're setting up an area where kids can have church. So we usually get there between seven, between either five a.m. or seven a.m. in the morning before before church experiences start. You service. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's uh that's gonna get that's gonna get really hard to break if I ever leave. <laughs> but yeah, so building the church is not easy. So we provide a place for them to get a bite to eat, and our EHQ's team they step it up by providing great meals catered in, or we have some of them actually cook and prepare. Like we've had a. We've had Disney-themed um, EHQs before. Um, you, you guys were here for that. You guys were here for that. Don't, don't give me that look. <laughs> we were. Not. Yes, we, we had. Y'all. Oh man, that 2019 was so 10 years ago. What happened? Wait, was it spring or fall? It was fall. I don't think I served that time. I came late. So basically, since nobody here remembers, our EHQ team would literally set up like. Card, like a cardboard Disney castle for folks to walk in. And they had many different Disney-themed tables, like based off of Cars, Hunchback of Notre Dame, um, A Bug's Life, and, they, and you had to vote on the best-designed table. So, man, y'all missed out on those good old days. <laughs> I but... remember when they wrote lyrics to songs on bananas. Oh, yeah. I do I remember that. I do remember that. I remember one time if Heather didn't show up during a certain time or something. Someone wasn't supposed to show up at a certain time. Yeah. Apparently, Heather had a download TikTok. Yeah. yeah. So and don't. So yeah. So we. It was literally a bet. We're like, she won't. She'll have to download TikTok. So she accepted, not knowing what was in first. So our friend never showed up. Uh, so she had to download TikTok, and then yeah, but that's the uh, end of that. But yeah, um, if you go to a church that has volunteer opportunities and maybe cooking or serving up. Like creating a great hospitality-based place as a place where you think, yeah, definitely go check it out. Though I mean, uh, Heather and I visited a uh, Waymaker recently. We were, we, it was a really good time. Actually, I did see their, uh, what is it, their Dream, their uh, World Changers Lounge. I believe that's what it is. Yeah, I'm like, hey, they got it. They got the stuff. So, but uh, yeah, cool deal. But yeah. So, what I would do in regards to like. Being recharged. So as a two on the Enneagram, I am awful at this. Put in the chat what your Enneagram number is. I'm kidding. There's no chat for this. There is so I thought. <laughs> um, helping others is how I recharge. Like, but the dichotomy of this is that I get worn out and use up energy at the same time. So I don't really do anything exciting. Like, I am not like some granola out there who's gonna go hiking out on the mountain, sit and journal and admire the creation and just breathe in the fresh air. It is fresh air. Yeah, it is fresh air. I know that. I mean, I don't do that anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm old. I do, anymore. I'm anymore, yeah. I did a lot of that. Look. So, Heather's ready to call you out. Yeah, so look. Y'all, I did Boy Scouts for like from when I was in second grade up until when I graduated high school in 2011. I just dated my age. So yeah, <laughs> uh, I graduated high school in 2011. I've hiked all these trails around 
the Lynchburg, Roanoke area. So if you're thinking of hiking somewhere, DM me and uh, don't really. Um, yeah, I've hiked up all these mountains, so I'm not. I don't hike those anymore. Yeah, I know. Crabtree Falls, Peaks of Otter, Sharp Top, Flat Top, Bottoms Creek Gorge, McAfee Snub. It's pronounced McAfee, and it's pronounced Appalachian. Anyone who says it wrong is a heretic. Appalachian. Oh, it's the. What is wrong with you? Don't answer that. Never mind. Um, so, bottom line is, I did all of those things in Boy Scouts, so I'm good for now. I typically do guy things like uh, play video games or read leadership books or play my instruments. Leadership books is not a guy thing. Hey. Yes. Okay, fine. Hey, I read leadership books. I actually have, I actually have, uh, actually have two. I have one I got recently, uh, one because I lost my other copy. Uh, it's called Lynchpin. It's a recommended book by our staff. Um, it's not like a required reading, but if you but it's a uh, everybody who if you want to be if you want to do well on staff, then you read the book. And I got another one called House the Culture in Your Kingdom. It's written by the former executive vice president of guest services at Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom. So I'm I'm really excited to get into that one. But I'm horrible at reading actually. That's this thing. I started I I have this horrible. What is it? Habit. Yeah, I was going to say an addiction. <laughs> and it, this horrible addiction, this horrible habit where I go out and buy books and never read them. Uh, or you'll read a few pages, put it down, pick up another book, read a few pages, put it down. Yeah, that's pretty much how it would go. So I, I, but I did get one of my favorite reads from the entire year with me, though, just to shameless plug. It's called The Ride of a Lifetime, Lessons Learned from 15 Years as the CEO of the Walt Disney Company. It's what by, chapter are you on? I finished it already. I'm surprised. Shut up. Um, so I finished this about back in March, actually, and I started and I started in January. But it's all about from the CEO of Walt Dis of the Walt Disney Company, like all of Disney. So and this guy has a lot of leadership lessons that I really took to heart, and that I was just encouraged by with his role being in the Walt Disney Company. So I like it. If you need a, want a good leadership book to read, or if you want to get a little insider's tip of the Walt Disney Company, like your Disney fanatics. Things like that, then uh, yeah, go for it. Um, but I'm a musician. I play my guitars. Yes, guitars. I uh, have an acoustic. Uh, that is, that's name's Matthews. Um, then I have a electric guitar. It's a Fender Telecaster, and uh, its name. Man, I can't remember what that one's name is, but it's really cool though. Um, I do mostly worship music and some '90s grunge when I'm feeling the mood for it, but not really all that much anymore. And I play my trumpet on rare occasions. So I've always loved music. It's a good relaxer for me. Um, I've been doing music since middle school. I won't say those years because that's the Stone Age. Some of you weren't even born just yet. Um, all the way through, uh, and even all the way through high school up and now. So music's critical for me. So I recharge through those ways when I'm not doing uh, church things or other things, if you will. Who is a person that has influenced you by their courage? When I was, I thought you said Carthage first. I'm like, courage. I thought you said cartilage. I'm like, D, what is cartilage? A piercing that I unfortunately had to close. Oh, that's a, that's a story for another time. That's tea for another time. Okay. So a person who's influenced me by their courage. I'm going to sound like a simp for saying this, but my wife, Heather. So... Uh, not only is she taking three youth classes, the triad, as it's oh, called. Oh, So, uh, yeah, so the triads, call, it's called that way because there, there are three of the top youth courses. One of them is the capstone, 
and the department has has strongly encouraged, almost mandated, where you don't take the three of them at the same time unless you want an early death. It's, it's just the youth ministries director. Oh, it just sounds that sounds like it though. So, but not only is she taking three courses that you're not supposed to take together, but on top of that, she's getting good grades in her courses, including did a pretty good job on her, her Theo 350 exam today, which uh, really, really proud of her for that. I know Heather has, uh, uh, a theology is not her strong suit, as, as well as it's not my strong suit either. I'm so surprised. I thought yours was a strong suit. What's up? I thought you were a strong student in theology. Oh, if you want me to come out and spew some Charles Spurgeon or C.S. Lewis um, jargon, I'm not going to do that. That's not my place. That's not my calling. That's not my area of ministry you want to focus on. Um, debatable. Debatable. Um, C.S. Lewis was a little bit of an apologist who is a, who's a quite really, he's good with it actually, um, but I haven't had that chance to read much of his work outside the Chronicles of Narnia. That's a, yeah. I, I want it. I want to read some of C.S. Lewis's stuff. But then again, I fall into the habit of buy a book, never read it. <laughs> and it is what it is, you though. Just yeah, I, I did audiobooks growing up uh, back when I did Accelerated Reader. Um, did you guys ever, you were, Heather was homeschooled. Did, no. you, did you ever hear? Okay. I went to one of the best public schools in the, in the States. So <laughs> Must we had this, be nice. Yeah, it was really nice. Uh, we went to, we had this thing called Accelerated Reader where we would read books, we would take a quiz on it, we would get points racked up, and there would be competitions where you'd get to have for the entire grade and even the entire school um, for how much reading you've been doing. It's, it's pretty cool. It just gets kids reading, which is good. It also works on comprehension. It, it does, actually. It, it's, it was really critical with that, but I was also just not a good test taker, so... Um, yeah, the bottom line is trying to brag on my wife here. So, but uh, on top of her doing all the three major youth courses that she's uh, told not to do, but she did anyway, um, to take a step above that, she is being the great wife that she is with her patience and gentleness, even when I'm definitely not. Um, she's always willing to be helpful and be a voice of reason. Doing all those things at once is not easy. And even the first year of marriage, all, you know, all the quote unquote experts, We'll say, don't get married while you're still in college. We did it anyway. It's worked out, despite knowing the risks. And I believe part of that is we both knew it wouldn't be easy. And we both are able to support each other. And I believe most people most people will actually miss a pretty important concept through that. And it's one thing to support another. It's another to share with one another. Mm-hmm. We share the journey together. We share the victory. But we also share the stress, frustration, and even the exhaustion together. When you're married, the whole let me, myself, and I concept goes away. Or at, least right. it, at least it should. You're now one flesh made whole by the Holy Spirit. The idea of entitlement goes out the door. Or at least it, it should. It's now about serving the other, supporting one another, and sharing with each other. It brings a whole new perspective when the scripture mentions how one part of the body suffers, we, we all suffer. So we share that when like a church family member or a member of our church just goes through a hard time and we say we feel that, but we don't really feel that if I'm being calling if I'm being real here. But um, when you're in the context of marriage, you feel that because that's your significant other. That's your that's your other half. That's your it's your spouse, if you will. Um, so it brings to a whole new meaning when they if your wife is suffering it, you'll most likely feel it as well because you two are now one flesh. But you share it. But that's the best part. You share it together. You do it together. 
And there's nothing like going through fun or fire with your best friend. And that's actually one of my favorite parts of marriage is uh, that life is lived with your best friend. I mean, I was, Heather and I had, um, we'd visited a church the day after we got married, after seeing uh, Pastor Louis Giglio live at her church. So I was extremely happy for that. So the, it, was, it was interesting, the church we visited. They were in the middle of a series um, called At the Movies. And um, they were doing a, a sermon about the life of Johnny Cash. I'm a fan of Johnny Cash. I like his music. I like his stuff. But um, there was one one scene just caught my attention. I'm probably going to carry it with me for the rest of my life. It was this just this scene where he was in the hospital after he had fainted and passed out from doing drugs again. And he, I mean, like his wife was like, and she was probably not going to stay with him if he kept doing this whole drug thing again. It wasn't well or looking good for him family-wise. So he was, he wakes up, he's in the hospital bed. He says, why are you still here? And then uh, she says, I had a friend who needed me. And I think that, I think that, for me, that changed the game. I know some people may have just left their spouse just like that, and that, that's them, that's their story, but that just changed the game. Like, that was her friend. It wasn't just their spouse, it was like their best friend, and it allowed me to see my marriage in a completely different way. Of like, Heather is my best friend, and I'm her best friend. Sorry, Skittles, uh, you'll get over that. Um, but. We're best friends, and I wouldn't want to do life with anyone else. That's part of what led me to want to marry her, is that I wouldn't want to be doing anything else with her, and uh, she's my best friend. I know that's uh, me being a being a simp. Go ahead and say it. Go ahead. Simp? Yeah, there you go. So me being a simp, but that, that's honest. That's honest. That's the honest truth. Uh, there's nothing like going through fun or fire with your best friend. It must be nice. Question I have is, what is the harm of placing someone in a pedestal on leadership? So, uh, the harm of placing someone on a pedestal. Okay, so you realize they'll fail you faster than you think. They do. <laughs> yeah, so whether that's your RA, your resident shepherd, or even your CGL, so I'm calling some of them out because I know they're going to fail. Why? Because I was an RS for two years. I was a CGL for two years, and I failed. My guys, I definitely did. Um, people will fail you. Even the twoest of the twos will mm -hmm. fail you. Yep, no matter how much they like helping people, they will fail someone themselves, or they will fail another person by saying, and we, and do you know how much I twos hate saying no? Yes, twos hate saying no to help, to helping someone, but they have the ease, they have no problem with saying no to self care for themselves. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. So, and my wife is gonna like, Preach it from the back on that one. So yes, um, I'm not a two. She yeah she she's a she's a six. I'm a three apparently. Yeah, yeah put it in the chat. What <laughs> what enneagram you are? Wings not included. If you do include some wings, be sure to bring some sauce like buffalo. No, uh, yeah, Parmesan garlic sauce. Yeah, what's your favorite beat up sauce? I like the um the I have the buffalo wild. I think it's the hot one, and but I've had the ghost pepper. It tasted. Mm, that sounds disgusting. I wasn't. I wasn't. It wasn't the best. I feel like people focus too much on the spice that they don't focus on the flavor. Yeah, that's so good. I feel like that could be a, a title of a sermon. Yeah, that is actually the title of a sermon. So, um, well, not really, not really. That'd be cool though. I'll preach one like that one day. Um, I'm a fan of Parmesan garlic sauce because uh, 
I love the raunchiness of the garlic sauce. I love it. My when I ate it growing up, my dad would call me Dragon Breath because we would go to B Dubs that night, and then he'd come down to wake me up the next morning, and my my <laughs> my room would reek of nothing but buffalo, but uh, Parmesan garlic sauce. He's like, Micah, you stink. You smell awful. I'm like, what? He's like, your breath is Dragon Breath. I'm like, okay, but yeah, I got I got always go for some B Dubs though. It's good stuff, though. But, yeah, you actually made a really good point. People, people make it more about the spice than not as much the flavor. Mm-hmm. I had a basketball coach one tell me, once tell me, they're, like, people will play too much French pastry, not enough Krispy Kreme, in regards to how they're playing basketball, if you will. They're too busy focused on the, all the tricks as opposed to, like, like straight game of basketball. Like, like, unless you're Steph Curry, LeBron, J- LeBron James, or Michael Jordan... Then I don't. Then I want to see you play regular, straight, good strategy-based basketball. I, I I want to see that. I don't want to see many of the tricks unless you're like a like what five-star D1 All-Star prospect recruit and a NBA first-round draft pick. I'm, unless you're one of those, then I I just want to see like you play execute beautifully the game of basketball. I just want to see that. Um, but D, you're right. Rapid chills uh, are common on these things. But it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I'll go back to the talking of the twoest of the twos and now people will fail you. But um, people will fail you. Um, it's it's Thank an, you. Yeah, so we don't have to go into who failed who. <laughs> um, uh, but um, <laughs> but uh, that's, that's in the human nature. That's how uh, people are. Uh, what's worse is, if I might add, is when you place yourself on the pedestal, so when you think, mm. I, yes, yeah, so I, I, I'm guilty of doing this, is uh, when you place yourself on that pedestal, um, you think you won't fail anybody, um, you realize your weakness and how soon you'll fail others, or even that mental struggle of trying not to fail, but end up failing in the process. So what helps me combat this is having a healthy view of people and a healthy view of understanding grace. That sounds so cliche. It sounds like so churchy, but I don't care. Um, cause, um, grace is what allows people to move forward and lead, but also grace is an offering when we see the flaws in people, but still be faithful on the team. I feel like with my situation with pedestals, I feel like, you know, I was placed serving at a church of like 400 people and like I was 13 years old. And I felt like I was placed on a pedestal just by serving. And at 16, when I rose to leadership um, in a ministry, I was placed on a pedestal. And I feel like, like, I know there's people that can fail you, but there are at times that, like, you know, you're placed on a pedestal on leadership. And, for instance, you can't be yourself. And especially, like, I know, like, pastor's kids may be listening to this now or maybe in the late future. Um, like, daughters of like the deacons, sons of uh, the worship team leaders, stuff like that. Um, like they're automatically placed on a pedestal just because like their parents are like serving. And for me, I was placed on a pedestal because I was serving at a young age. And for me, I couldn't be myself. Um, like I used to love One Direction growing up, like as a teenager, but I couldn't post like on Instagram, there's a thing that Spotify has that you can select your music and then submit it to Instagram on your story. I couldn't do that 
with that feeling that I'll get slammed by someone just because I'm listening to a secular song. But then at the same time, they're listening to like vulgar music. And it's not just to say, you know, just to call people out, but it's like to show like the double standard that like we're people too. Like even though we have that title of a leader or service or whatever position you're in, does it like at one point it's kind of like when is it that like you're placed on a pedestal like for me at a young age I couldn't be myself like I couldn't go to prom without walking across the dance floor to get what do they have what do they have yeah. at prom like a pigs in a blanket like you I couldn't what? go Pigs in a blanket, you know those cocktail appetizers? Oh, I'm like, I'm like, I, I haven't been to prom in like, what, 11 years. So for cocktail hour, they would give you like a Shirley Temple, water, Sprite, iced tea, mm. not sweet tea, because I'm from Long Island. From where? <laughs> Long Island. Long, listen to her as he says Long Island, it's the greatest thing ever. But yeah, no, they had no sweet tea. Yeah, so... I couldn't go across the dance floor without thinking that they were going to take pictures of me and someone's going to find out that I was walking across the dance floor when I just wanted to get my pics in a blanket and think I was doing stuff on the dance floor and then I would get called into the office and probably be thrown on discipline, aka when you have to step down from membership, not membership, from a, a position of leadership. And I have to explain that because, like, when I talk to people who grew up in American churches, they're like, what's discipline? And I'm kind of, like, have to explain the context. But I was placed on a pedestal at a young age, and it is horrendous to be put on a pedestal. Like, I couldn't be myself. Like, honestly, I couldn't live, like, the young, like, the teenage girl life. Like, at times, it felt like I couldn't be a high schooler because... I had to, even though I get it, God first, bro. Like, I'm all about those nice little bracelets and everything or the T-shirts that you steal at, like, a, a Christian store. At the same time, I couldn't be a high schooler because I felt like I had to, like, even though I'm not of this world, I felt like I couldn't participate in things because I had to attend a big church event on Friday night. Like, believe it or not, um, I actually do not go to homecoming adult in my high school years because of an event that happened on a Friday night and have yet like the first time I actually watched a football game was actually at Liberty University and you know that's where I am now and yes I was a freshman when I watched my first football game because I did not have that high school experience but mm. you know at Liberty I learned what it is to have a healthy life balance between church versus school versus my friends social life and you know what I'm still learning especially as I switched my major to RT school like what it is that, you know, I can go to church on Sundays. Like, I used to serve from, like, 7 a.m., like, 4 p.m. I would get back on campus. But at the same time, you can catch me at the library. Or, <laughs> okay, sophomore year, I think I did, like, almost 70 hours of community service at church, right? But the football games did not end till 10 p.m. So imagine how many hours of sleep. And TikTok was starting to become a thing at the time. So <laughs> I used to sleep at EHQ in the middle of like the 9 a.m. experience to recharge because I was trying to be a college student. <laughs> but at the same time, I had TikTok. That's interesting. Uh, <laughs> I think that's funny, though. But I, I, that's hard. That's hard of a context to, to think of. I know the church background, we've had a couple conversations about this. But it's a, 
I think it's really uh, interesting to see that people, and especially places of God, build up on that. I think we run into the, a little bit of the, what's the word I'm looking for? We run into a dichotomy where we, where we, where we, where we cover legalism with holiness. I'm going to, I'm going to catch some people on fire. I'm probably going to be burned at the stake in a couple, whenever this podcast gets released, but that's fine. That's fine. No, um, I have a bird. Hope he, he'll uh, attack. Um, but uh, yeah, he won't attack. He'll just, <laughs> he'll just run. He'll do the smart thing. But uh, yeah, people can disguise legalism and call it holiness. Um, that's not really the case. Legalism is, legalism is, legalism isn't built on grace. Um, it's built on whole truth, no grace. And I think the other, the other side of that is full grace, no truth. Both sides are completely dangerous. Um, but I believe the beauty of Jesus is he is full, he is full of grace and truth. Like he's 100% grace. He's also 100% truth. Jesus is the only person who has the ability to be that person of full grace, full truth. Um, so that's... But that's a little bit of an interesting context. I'm sure you'll do another episode yeah. on that later on. Yeah, and I feel like, especially as like leaders and being put on a pedestal automatically, like to the point where you feel like you couldn't even be a high schooler, um, and you know, fearing that I'll get caught in the middle of the dance floor when everyone's in charge of slime, when I just <laughs> I just wanted my pics in a blanket. Yeah. Um, I feel like. There's also a time where even though there's people placed on leadership, you know, God called like David to leadership to become yeah. like a king because, you know, the people wanted a king and they gave him Saul and Saul wasn't what they expected to be. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, for example, you don't realize what you have um, that you think is a gift until you find out it is actually a burden yeah. and not exactly what you thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, for instance, there's some people that, you know, they think, oh, it'd be amazing to be on leadership. You know, I get all these nice t-shirts, like, quarterly. But then <laughs> you realize that you have to My do so friend. much, um, and you probably will have time taken away from you to fulfill that so-called position that you were called into. Yeah. And that's why it's better off to, like, honestly pray, seek wisdom, before you jump into a position of leadership, because believe it or not, that gift can also turn into a burden. Yeah. Actually, um, I was gonna go somewhere with this. That's all right. Um, like, there's also a time when there's a gifts of leadership, but then there's people who think they're entitled to it. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, I'm sure, um, I'm sure Solomon felt entitled to King David's kingdom. Um, my daddy's the king, and my dad will sue the pants off of your daddy, that type of thing. <laughs> yes, and I feel like there's people who think they're entitled to things. Um, for yeah. example, um, I know a lot of memes on like Christian meme culture, and they talk about how, um, how for example, it's like the worship team memes, kind of like when the pastor's son sounds bad at singing, but you have to let him audition and kind of get him on the team because he's the pastor's son. Um, and the pastor's son's probably like a like a 13-year-old kid that, you know... That hasn't broke through his puberty yet, and he's just trying to sing... A, he's just trying to sing a, a B-flat, and he can barely squeak out a, a G. So you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, things like that. Um, like, kind of those memes. And honestly, even though people tend to laugh at those memes, some of them are actually a reality. Mm -hmm. um, like, what is it that, you know, then churches decide to take leadership, but then turn into, like, entitlement, turn into, like, silver spoon? Yeah. Um, 
And then just people think, oh, because my mommy and daddy, like, tithe, like, every two weeks or something, I'm automatically entitled to this, this, and that. Just because I was on this very popular Christian um, live recording, I deserve, like, the seat of honor. Um, You know, things things like that, like, those controversial Mm -hmm. things. And you think, oh, like, this person, like, is like a civil spirit. And then it gets to the point where... People can't celebrate when someone that God selected to be on leadership is, is on leadership because they were so upset that the person they thought was going to get it because mommy and daddy tithe, mommy and daddy do this, or, you know, for some cases who don't have parents. Like, my mm-hmm. older sibling, you know, served on the worship team for two years. Um, my, you know, my brother-in-law plays piano. I'm just picking at the worship team, you know, because that's, like, a popular one people want to get into. Um, it's, like, because, like, they're, like, the foreground, I guess. Like, even though, like, everyone um, in ministry is, like, essential, there's, there's like, the people that... And I, I'm guilty of this. Like, when I was 16 years old, I wanted to be the worship team so badly. And I feel like at a time, like, there's going to be people that, like, think they're entitled. Um, and... Honestly, it gets to the point where, like, I wasn't celebrated when I joined Mm -hmm. all leadership to the point where a lot of people turned against me, even parents. And it's so unfortunate because I was, like, 16 years old at the time. And it's kind of like, you expect people to celebrate. And I did not know what it was to celebrate being on leadership until I came to Liberty. And it's such a sad reality because I feel like there are churches that don't know what it is to celebrate people. And so they just indulge on bitterness, hypocrisy, gossiping. Um, and they're so ready to pick at you when you make a mistake, but they're not the ones to, like, pray with you and hold you accountable. Yeah. I And I really do think that that just comes with their culture and their background, which is uh, decently uh, something that's, for, that's a conversation for another time. I was uh, listening to you, and I found this quote. It's not the one I was looking for in the first place, but I think it actually works out quite well. It's from the Bob Iger book. Too often, we lead from a place of fear rather than courage, stubbornly trying to build a bulwark to protect old models that can't possibly survive the sea change that is underway. It's hard to look at your current models, sometimes even ones that are, per- that are profitable in the moment and make a decision to undermine them in order to face the change that's coming. I've, and, and, I, and people will want to reject anything new because they fear that it'll change from what they've established. And mm-hmm. the reality is, I mean, like, I, I was, I'm sitting here trying to read through 1 Samuel 16 about when, when Samuel was calling, uh, calling all of Jesse's sons to, um, like, this testing their ability, if you will, not like, not, excuse me, um, I don't want, um, I want to be accurate, um, like, not accurate, not, a, what is, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not heretical? Oh, no, not exactly. Uh, eh, I want to avoid that, too. Um, but testing the sons of Jesse to make, to, to see who was the right king of Israel. So, I'm trying to pick up uh, it says in 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, The Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, meaning if they're long, tan, and handsome, or if they got the... The, the what drip. Is it? 
or they got the drip, or they got the dot, or the if they got, what is the clout? Yes, the clout. The, they got the clout. Uh, I was gonna call out some clothing brands, but I do not want to get you canceled again or whatever. Build uh, copyrighted. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. Yeah, get please you. don't. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Um, but do not look on the appearance or height or stature or clout or social status. I'm kidding. I added that um, because I have rejected him. Yikes. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Yes, that's the that is God speaking. So um, then Jesse called Abinadab. Abin man, Abinadab. Uh, I mean, <laughs> man, who who knew this man's name was going to be a do a little dab on that <laughs> there i've been a dab i've been a dab there i've been a dab there it i've been sounds, a dab everywhere it sounds like when you're preaching a sermon it's like come on tell your neighbor i've been a dab i've been a dab <laughs> i dab there i dab <laughs> goodness uh, and jesse made seven of his sons pass before samuel think about that being called being like one of jesse's sons hey come down before the prophet dad i'm playing I'm playing, I'm playing video games with the sheep right here. Come down. Uh, but the Lord's not chosen these. Are these all your sons? You They're... know, sorry to interrupt you right there, but very foul that Jesse brought his seven sons and left King David, who was the youngest of them all, tending the sheep. And yeah. imagine that, you know, it says like, man looks at the appearance, God looks at the heart. Well, well the thing is, is that David was tending the sheep. He probably smelled a little bad. Yeah, um, that's that's shepherds smell like shepherds. I mean, uh, I mean that's. I wouldn't know because I've never been near a shepherd. I mean, sheep. Typically, I mean, contextually, uh, doing a little historical background, shepherds were not the most popular people. So I mean, yes, we don't sing songs about his shepherdliness. We don't sing songs about the shepherdness of the shepherd, if you will, um, like because they were not the most popular people. Um, yes, we sing about the good shepherd, but reality is they stunk. Sheep stunk. They were dumb. They were stupid. It's like, good golly, Ned. Sheep are dumb. Sheep are stupid. But reality is, they needed someone to protect them. They needed someone, so they almost kind of like the grunt work, but it's just not fun. It's almost like uh, if you're on security forces, um, just keeping watch of your flock, and now you're just doing your same old thing, making sure Bessie doesn't venture off beyond the <laughs> fence again. Then you, you have to call ninety-nine to come for me. Yeah narcissistic sheep leaves the fence comes back hops back out again and it's like bro really come on but but uh it's it the miracle is within the text and uh it says the lord and sam jesse went to go get david and see i highlighted all of this so i'd be able to find it but i can't find it anymore look at me i'm going blind but there remains the youngest but behold he is keeping the sheep emphasis he is keeping the sheep he's yeah he is doing the work that nobody wants to do but this is the work that th and going back to what you had said uh, something going through something or being called to something realizing that's preparing you for something i think pastor stephen talked about that um actually about being kept, um, in this sermon i kept on the kept in the dark actually so it was that uh, i listened to that and uh, that was a real ministry to me actually just listening because listening to that um you go listen to it. it's called kept in the dark it's awesome um but Samuel says to Jesse, send and get him, for we will not sit down until he comes. It's like, we ain't sitting yeah. till you bring him. I'm sure they did the whole, 
finger and my, we ain't sitting here until you get them. So I bet Samuel was just done with Jesse's like, yo, I got places to be and people to see. Yeah. So please hurry up. Yeah. But here Samuel writes, and he sent and brought him. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes. Man, this man had some like a ruddy skin that's like a like I think it's like a reddish brownish style skin is how ruddy is written or organized so it's like uh uh for those listening i'm a dark-skinned individual i'm from colombia i got the dark end of the stick of that one so add, add a little bit of reddish tint and you got him. so then samuel took it but the lord said arise anoint him this is he not no i'm not saying Girls, look for a ruddy man who's got some gorgeously looking eyes and who smells like a sheep. That's not your man, I promise you that. Um, but, and the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. I wonder if like, he was like, why did you bring me? But it's like with following Jesus. So you don't know where you're going to until almost you find out. Yeah, you know. Oh. And you know what? You don't even have that aha moment on your journey. You'll have it probably five, ten, three years later that just, you're like, wait, what? That's what it was for. Yeah, that's what it was for. That's the miracle of it all. Um, but I think just touching back to this concept of uh, leadership with what you're wanting to go for. So this was a wonderful conversation, especially with these wild rabbit trails. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much for taking a moment to actually come in, Micah. Thank you, Heather, for your little, for your little cheerleader moment and for saying facts like true or false. Yeah. Um, it's been a real <laughs> privilege to be on here, D, and I'm really low-key not excited to, yeah, I'll, I'll listen to it, but I hate listening to myself, as as does everybody else, <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's true, but, uh, thanks for having me on here, and, uh, believe you're gonna do great things, and looking forward to season two. Yeah, so that's it, everyone, thank you so much for tuning into season one. I'm so excited for what the Lord has for next season. We're going to have wonderful guests, um, wonderful reprises from previous guests. And overall, just thank you so much. This is it for season one.